Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. From the press conference room at Nationals Park, it's the Mass on All Access podcast. Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano with you as always. And joining us today, MassInSports.com beat writer Mark Zuckerman. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Nice to uh, be with you guys in this little corner of one of our rooms yeah. in the building that yeah. most people don't usually get to see. Right, right. Yeah, this room is only used for press conferences. And this is the war room, yeah. too, during the draft, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah so okay. during non-draft time, it's pretty unused. So we feel like we can just kind of sneak in the corner here for a yeah, little bit and grab you for a couple minutes. Programs, some yeah, old, uh, yeah. Some young Bryce Harper, Adam Dunn. Some interesting players they chose to highlight for some of them. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Clippard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Adam Dunn. A lot uh, of Jason Worth. Lot of Our Jason own Worth. Michael Morse. Yes. Yes. Masson's own. Yeah. I love how Mike Rizzo actually made the media guide. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that was well, uh, those days you had to. I think Jim Bones up there on one of those. Uh-huh. Two thousand. <laughs> 2007 or Jason something. Roger Bernardino. Jason yep. Marquis. Yeah. Yep. Castillo. Niger Morgan as Tony Plus. Wow. Actually. All right, before <laughs> we get started, quick, quick testing. So, Mark, you've covered the Nationals since day one. Yes, quick, I'm aware. Quick trivia. So, <laughs> Masson, of course, plays um, Nationals classics throughout the day, throughout the offseason. Today, on the TV screens, we were watching, I want to know, see if you remember this game. It was 4th of July, right. 2011. Right. Jordan Zimmerman pitching, and do you know how the ending went? Do you remember that well, game specifically? Well, I didn't. Because so you I also re- like 4th of July games, you've told I do, me. I do, I do. And, and I was a little upset that I didn't remember how that one ended. We were all watching it in there. Oh, you did watch it. Yeah, and I was saying to some of these other guys, like, I figured out it had to be July 4th, 2011, mm-hmm. based on the caps they're wearing. Right. Who was in? The, who was on the team? There were, you know, Lance Nix was on the team. Uh, Davey Johnson was managing at that point, so I knew it had to be after Riggleman resigned. So I figured out when it was. I couldn't figure out why that was significant, what happened. Mm-hmm. And so I checked with Dave Jagger, who, of course, would remember this, and he said, Carlos Marmol, walk-off wild pitch right. after Jason Worth had stolen yeah. third base uncontested. So um, I'm a little down on myself for not knowing the answer to that. Oh, I didn't mean to bring yourself so down. Embar- now you're embarrassing <laughs> me in front of everyone. Yeah. I don't know these things, but I, I knew a lot. I figured I, – I got the date. I figured out the date without yeah, yeah, telling right. me. But I had no recollection of why that game was important. Yeah, I didn't know. It, I knew it was 4th of July because the, the special caps right. and everything, and they were wearing the curly W with the, the Stars and Stripes jerseys. But I, Jordan Zimmerman pitching, and I was like, I don't remember. Because I started at Mass in 2012, so that was okay. 2011, so before I started. And I also remember we walked. We were, like, setting up because we shot a thing with uh, Bob Carpenter earlier today, and I was setting up, walking past, like, the TVs, and I was looking at it, and I was like, who is that batting? For? I don't even. Yeah. I don't remember the name. I could not recognize sure. the person. So Brian Bixler. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. he was not here long. Never he heard of him. Not here long. Yeah. Never heard of him. So that was that was pretty interesting. All right, Mark. Let's look to the current team. Oh, that's not. We're not here to talk. No, about we're not here to talk about 2011. We're just going to reminisce. Yeah. yeah uh, the 2019 Nationals, uh, obviously a big series, kind of underway here at Nationals Park this year. Uh, they didn't play Monday night with the rain out. Everyone here for a long time. Uh, Forecast doesn't look great for the rest of the week. But that aside, talking about the baseball team, Phillies, Braves, back-to-back on a, to end this homestand. How, like, obviously wins are huge, but how important is this week to the Nationals season? I think – I don't want to call it make or break because I don't think that's fair to say. And I don't think at the end of the week anything dramatic is going to happen. You know, they're not going to say, hey, if we went uh, two and five, that's it, we're selling everybody off or – 
they go five and two. All right, we're in, you know. But this, I think, is the big telling point of how they stack up. Are they legitimately back in the race at the end of all this? Are they the same place they've been, or even are they further behind? And to me, in, in a broader picture, I mean, look, no matter what happens this week, they still have to go out and play well next week and the week after that and the week after that. That's how much ground they have to make up. But what you can maybe convince the higher-ups in the front office by the end of this week, if you have made up a little bit of ground, and now all of a sudden you're four games behind the Phillies and six games behind the Braves, something like that. Maybe now you can say, hey, we are playing well. We've sustained this now for a good four weeks. Go out and get us a couple of relievers, mm -hmm. fix a couple of the holes that we have, and, and we can contend and, and come back and win this division. If you end the week and you haven't picked up any ground, now it's getting a little harder to convince ownership in the front office to say, yeah, you know what, we are on the verge. Yeah, you know what, no, you're still kind of stuck in neutral here. Why are we going to go and invest even more yeah. in a team that hasn't proven that it can legitimately challenge? Mm -hmm. So that, to me, I think is where the real key to this. They're, they're not going to end the week in first place. It's not going to happen. Um, they're probably not even going to end the week over 500. Even if they have a good week, they're still going to be just under 500. So it's more about the momentum they have and is that a sign that they are on the right track to then convince whoever makes these decisions that, yes, let's go out and try to add to what we have already yep. um, because we do think this team is, is on the verge now of, of getting into that point. Is there anything besides W's, getting in the wind column, is there anything that you put yourself in the front office, is there anything that you need to see specifically from this team this week against the Phillies and Braves, whether it be – Continued success from the bullpen. Continued start. Patrick Corbin, a better start. Yeah, the offense. Yeah. What, what specifically do you need to see from this team and be like, okay, they can bounce back and get back in this right. thing? Right. It's not just winning. It's how you play, right. how you look. I think that is a big part of it. Um, if you lose a couple games, but, hey, you played well and you just got outpitched one night, something like that, you, that leaves a better taste in everyone's mouth. Yeah. However, if you uh, blow a game because of uh, shoddy defense mm -hmm. or bad base running yeah. or another bullpen meltdown, that's where I think it's going to be a tougher sell to say, yeah, hey, this team really is on the right track now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think continued bullpen success is a big part of it. Guys other than Doolittle being able to get the job done. Let's see, can Tanner Rainey handle a big spot against uh, the heart of the Phillies lineup right. or the Braves lineup? So I think that's a big part of it. Does Trevor Rosenthal get into a situation of consequence before the end of the week? Um, do, yeah, do they just play cleaner, better, a better brand of baseball? Yes, Corbin needs to. He's going to have, again, if they – play all this all out all seven games he's going to start two of these games they need to see that he is back on track to his old self so yeah i think beyond you know ultimately yeah they need just to win games however they do it but in a perfect world you're winning games and playing good baseball and that helps i think give more evidence of the direction this team is headed uh, as they now move closer to july and the trade deadline and do you think if if they were to give off a you know they play good baseball they win however many games and they get themselves back into a position that they can convince ownership, Mike Rizzo, whoever it is, that they need to be buyers soon. Do you think it would uh, kind of lead them to start testing the market quickly and start to make try to fix their errors before we get down to the time when you know it's July 25th and they really got to make a move? Yeah, this is a tricky question, um, and I've been thinking about it myself. Yeah. Now that you only have one trade deadline on July 31st, right? is that going to push teams to start making decisions earlier than they normally would have? Yeah. Where in the past, it really got down to those last two weeks. Not yeah. a lot would happen before that. It may be different this year because that's the only deadline. The, the flip side of it, teams can always say, hey, I'd love to go out and get help right now. 
but it takes two to tango. Right. Yeah. And you need teams that are willing to now concede and say we are out of it yeah. or to not uh, have ridiculously high demands for what they need in return. We have to remember what do the Nationals have to give up to get yeah. prominent uh, players, particularly late-inning relievers. So um, both sides have to you know play along with that. But I do think, yeah, a good week could help spur that. Yeah. And maybe they are able to go in there and say, you know, end of June or beginning of July and try to start that process up. Uh, and, and I think especially if you can look at the end of this week and say, boy, everything looks great on this team, except we just we need a setup man. Right. That's mm -hmm. the one thing. we OK, now you can definitively say this is what they need. Go out and get it. Yeah. Uh, I think that helps as opposed to, a, well, we're doing better in this area, a little bit better here. We've still got some issues here and it's not as as defined. Look, they're not going to be able to make wholesale changes and additions to this team if they do something it's going to have to be those kind of isolated significant uh, specific pieces that they know they need but besides a setup man or just general bullpen what other specific needs do you think it's starting pitching what would you say is like the second biggest weakness that you think that they might be able to address yeah if <laughs> big if here if corbin <laughs> gets better yeah back to his old self if annabelle sanchez continues to pitch the way he is mm -hmm. if eric fetty continues to pitch the way he has, I think they're going to be okay rotation-wise. And, and those are the most expensive pieces to get yeah. uh, over the course of a summer. So you don't want to have to go that route. And I don't think they feel like they do. Um, there could be some lineup things. Uh, a lot's going to depend on health. Let's see. Ryan Zimmerman ran today. That's good. Uh, let's see <laughs> if he does come back. Yeah. Um, if, if he is out there and productive and Matt Adams and Howie Kendrick, I mean, you, you seem to be pretty much set, not just in your lineup, but now depth on your bench. And so maybe that's not as big of a need. Uh, I don't think at catcher they're really going to be looking to do anything. Right. Um, you know, maybe there's a, a backup outfielder along the way. But, again, they, they have kind of a set lineup that if everyone's healthy, they kind of know what it's going to be. And I don't think there's a lot of feeling that they need to improve any particular thing. So I think it really does probably come down to the bullpen above all else. Yeah. And, and, and maybe that's actually a good sign to say, like, yes, for a team that's five games under, when everyone's healthy and, and performing the way they're supposed to, there aren't major holes yeah. aside from maybe in the bullpen so mm -hmm. maybe that helps convince again the people who have to be convinced that they're not that far off that maybe that's all it would take is one or two bullpen acquisitions kind of like in 2017 when he went and got Doolittle and Kinsler, uh, Kinsler and yeah. Madsen um, so yeah I, it's, it's it's an interesting question yeah. and I, I like I said I think this week is going to go a long way towards helping them determine what exactly that is that they need yeah so along sticking with the bullpen then you mentioned Doolittle and you also mentioned Tanner Rainey earlier, but which reliever do you now trust the most, aside from Sean Doolittle, to go out and get, you know, say, the eighth inning right here against the yeah. Phillies, against the heart of the Phillies lineup? It's probably Tanner Rainey. Yeah. And, and, you know, props Even to Even though him. you haven't already seen him in that spot yet? Well, that's the problem. You don't, yeah. you don't know. But right now, based on what we have seen, I think you say, let's give it a shot. We yeah. need to find out if he can. We don't want to risk ruining him and now yeah um, you know we've seen this happen before where somebody has a couple of good games okay you're the eighth inning guy and nope just yep. blew up in their faces <laughs> but yeah i think at the moment he's probably the guy swero in doses has shown he can do it but they have to be real careful now about how much they use him it seems like back-to-back -back days does not go well for him or even appearances where he tries to go more than one inning it doesn't seem to go well yeah. matt grace has been better i think you could see him against say bryce harper for key at bat um but i don't think they're looking at him beyond that it We've been talking about it all along. Trevor Rosenthal, well, at some point here, we got to see him in a real situation right. and see how it goes. we got to find out yeah. <laughs> once and for all, can he do it or not? Uh, since he's come back, there have been encouraging signs, but they've been in very low-pressure situations. Right. So uh, 
Um, the fact they're playing, f in theory, four games in, th in three days here, you've got to use everybody in your bullpen. You only have a seven-man bullpen to begin with. Right. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if a situation comes up where they say, okay, Trevor, you're our guy. Go out there, sink or swim. Yeah. yeah. And looking at the lineup, you we've seen a couple – you know, the offense overall has surged, and we've seen a couple big bounce backs from Brian Dozier, especially Adam Eaton has had a very good June. Do you think that – who I would say who has impressed you the most in terms of the way that they've been able to turn it around in the past couple of weeks? And do you think that these kind of turnarounds, like the way that Dozier is hitting, the way Adam uh, Eaton is hitting, is that sustainable for them? I think in Dozier's case, because there is a, a track record over his career, being a slow starter and mm -hmm. then getting hot and uh, – uh, who was just talking about Kurt Suzuki was talking about yesterday. They were teammates in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. He said he saw him one year, really slow first half, and then mm -hmm. second half of the season hit 20 plus homers and carried that team. He said he was the best hitter in the league <laughs> yeah. at that point. So yeah, I think that one is possible. It's been encouraging to see not just that he's pulling the ball for home runs, but he's going the opposite way also yeah. for singles. I think that's a good sign. Um, it's not a huge surprise, but I think what Juan Soto is doing yeah. is really, really encouraging because he is looking like his version from last year where he's driving the ball to the opposite field he's not chasing pitches out of the zone like he was earlier this season that is huge for them I don't think anybody is shocked that happened I think they all expected it would happen at some point given his abilities and his work ethic and yeah. uh, everything that he does to study up um, but that's been a big part of this I think um, it happened quickly too because I yeah. feel like a lot of guys hit that wall, that, like, sophomore slump, and it lasts the whole season. Yeah. It feels yes. like – I don't want to jinx him, but it feels like he's <laughs> almost fixed the errors that were yeah, plaguing yeah, yeah. him. No, it's legit. And that, that's why he – there's the sky is the limit with this guy yeah. because uh, he is – he combines both the natural ability and that desire and knowledge and understanding of hitting and pitching at such a young age. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a really remarkable thing. I hope people don't take it for granted yeah. <laughs> what they have here in him. So um, that's been extremely encouraging. Rendon, you knew he was going to do this. Yeah. I don't know that Howie Kendrick can hit 330 for the season. <laughs> They're going to ride that as long as they can. Yeah. Uh, that's been great for them. Uh, I don't know that you can actually count on that happening, but he has been so clutch for them. But, it, you know, all these guys together, it, it you see what a difference it makes in the lineup, one through nine. Um, when they have that kind of depth, you can now – not just score runs in one inning, but score them in multiple innings and score them in bunches. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, the way this team's constructed, I do feel like their best chance at getting all the way back in this thing is to outscore teams yeah. as opposed to outpitching them. Right, right, right. You mentioned Howie Kendrick, and, and last week when we had Dan on uh, for our Cotton and Pickle segment, which we're going to throw you I'm looking in, forward in, to this in, one. in a bit, <laughs> uh, he said Howie Kendrick was his Nationals MVP so far, which Ooh. I was kind of hard to disagree with. Where would this team be without Howie Kendrick right now? Which is a crazy statement but, yeah, or question, yeah. but it, it, it's, I think it's a fair if one. If you're going to go the purest sense of definition of most valuable. Right. Yeah, and that's yes. that's the qu question. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. the BBWAA definition of yeah. who's the best player. Right, no, right, who's right. The most Because valuable. Anthony Rendon might be the MVP of the league. That's how good yeah, he is. Right, right. Well, Cody Bellinger probably has the title on that already. But, um, no, it's absolutely it, – it's not just what he's done, but when he's done it right. in Howie's case. He's hitting 422 with runners in scoring position. 422. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> and it's not a small sample. It's like yeah. 50 plate appearances. Yeah. Uh, he has been tremendous for them. And you're right. Where would they be without him? And the other part of that one I, I think people need to remember, he's 35 years old. He missed almost all of last season with a ruptured Achilles. Yeah. Yep. All the panic in the sports world right now about Kevin Durant, that's the same injury <laughs> yeah. yep. that Howie Kendrick had, and then he missed most of spring training with a hamstring yep. strain. I remember coming into the season thinking to myself, 
boy, whatever they can get out of Howie would be great, but they can't count on anything. Right, from him. right, right. And look at what he's and done. Now he have to count but on it's him. also the reason that people complain every day he's not in the lineup. This, he can't play every right. day. They yeah. have to protect him and make sure that he's there for the long haul. If you play him every day, he's going to break down, yeah. sorry to say. And, and I think that's what I. That's where I think Davey Martinez get, deserves credit because yes. they have kind of slowly brought him along and giving him days rest when he needed it. And I think that's prolonging this hot streak of his, being able to hit so well and, and, hit, and become a clutch. And sticking with Dozier at second base even when things weren't going well because right, he knew the track record of that guy. You can't just abandon that altogether. Right. Ultimately realizing we're going to need this guy over the course of the season, yeah. how he can't be the everyday second baseman. Yeah. Right. So sticking with Dozier has paid off. Yeah. And speaking of which, I want to get your thoughts because obviously the – talk around Davey has cooled over the past few weeks while the team has heated up. Do you think that – have you seen anything during this hot stretch by the Nationals that has given you a little bit more faith maybe in Davey Martinez and his ability to manage this team? Yeah. I, you know, every manager looks better when the bullpen starts performing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, 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 and when the lineup is healthy yeah. <laughs> like right. it wasn't. And you're not every day trying to scramble together a lineup that has Jan Gomes hitting cleanup. Yeah. You know, they're not in that position anymore. So – I don't know that a whole lot has changed, but, but I think that's also evidence of, of why, no matter whatever external criticism there was internally, I don't get the sense that there was ever any strong consideration to yeah. making a move there. Now, maybe if they had continued falling apart like that, you get to a point where, though, even deep down, you don't feel like it's this guy's fault. You have to, for public purposes, make Safe face, a move yeah. to show that you're not content with what the situation is. So right. you, could that still happen? Yeah. But, um, no, I... I've said it all along also, this team may have lots of issues. They may not be perfect, but they're in just about every game. Yep. They play harder than we joke about. We, we mock Davey for talking about how the boys battled, yeah. but they do. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, they bring the tying run to the plate every night, it feels like, yep. even if they don't win. So I do think it's a reflection of their manager and the culture they've created in there and the chemistry they have. They play hard for each other, um, and he deserves credit for that. And so – I don't know that he's done anything different these last three weeks to make the team better, but maybe the fact that he isn't doing anything different is evidence of uh, what kind of team they had all along and, and, and the respect they have for yeah. their manager. Stay the course, exactly. Yeah. Uh, should we get Mark caught in a pickle? Yeah, let's throw him in. All right. <laughs> um, I don't know who's who. If I'm second baseman, you're third baseman, first baseman, second base, I don't know. But you're, you're caught in the pickle. I was never good at this as a child, <laughs> by the way. Also, have you heard Bob Carpenter called it in the hot box? Have you heard that before? No. Neither have I. Yeah. He, he said he growing up. It must he, be a St. Louis him, thing. Yeah. yeah, he said right. growing up in uh, St. Louis, he said that him and his friends would play a game called in the hot box uh, where you have to try to get out of it. And if you get out of it, you get a point. And first to uh, however many points yeah, wins. No, we played, yeah, we know we called it pickle. In fact, we would also sometimes use the slip and slide. Ooh. Ooh. That's <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use slip and slide. You can try to slide underneath like those. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. that's great. All right, uh, let's start with. Uh, so these are going to be rapid fire. We're going to go it. back and forth. We asked. The works to start with a real toughie here. We asked Dan Colco this last week. Besides Max Scherzer, who do you think on the Nationals roster has the best chance to be a Hall of Famer when everything's said and done? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Anthony Rendon right now. It's got a long way to go. Yeah, but yep. at the point he's at right now, yeah. Nice. I also would not rule out Strasburg. That's exactly that was what Dan, what Dan said. said. He, yeah. he, he is, he's better than people give him credit for. Yeah. Um, I just looked this up the other day. People were complaining about him being a bust as a number one pick. 
out of the 65 number one picks of all time, he currently ranks 15th in war. Wow. wow. And a chance to get in the top 10 before he's all I mean, gone. He, he's Did like right up there in terms of strikeout rate, yes. in terms of winning percentage. I yeah. mean, Did yeah. you notice where Bryce Harper was on that list? Right behind him. Really? He was behind right, right behind <laughs> Strasburg. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Fif- right. I think it was 15th and 16th. Right. 2019, the All-Star game is coming up in Cleveland. How many All-Stars will the Nationals have and who? Anthony Rendon, yep. Max Scherzer. Will Rendon go? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be forced to, yeah. yeah. Uh, he will go. Uh, will they have another one? I say Howie Kendrick makes the final man vote. Ooh. And probably doesn't win it, unfortunately. But he could be an injury replacement late. That's the news. Yeah. I'll go on a I'll say three. I'll say that Howie ends up there. Maybe not on the original roster, but he'll end up there. In the I have a question to add there. Is Scherzer going to start? Who do you think no. So? Who do you think starts? Um... Dave Roberts gets to make the call because he's the Dodgers manager. Oh, yeah. Ryu. Uh, Hunjin Ryu. Yeah, right? he's been outstanding. Yeah. Um, uh, all it's right. all right. Max can let someone else do it for a change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nats have a one-game wild card at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Who are you starting at catcher? At catcher, Kurt mm-hmm. Suzuki. Um, Didn't have to think about it. He's no, played fewer he, games, right, at this point? Yeah, we're, you're starting to get more into a, a sense of, of a transition mm-hmm. there. Uh, I think both what he does at the plate and the, mm-hmm. he's worked – Better with the pitching staff than I think maybe people thought he would. Yeah. Um, look, they need Jan Gomes to be to be good. They need him to be better. Um, and again, you have to understand how these guys physically are going to wear down over season. You can't catch one of them four out of five days or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, if the playoffs are starting now, if they needed somebody for that one winner take all game, I think it's Kurt Suzuki. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a good one. I like this one because you're such a national historian. Of the four playoff seasons, which team had the best chance to win it all? Oh. 2012, 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I think the 2014 team, and the the irony there is that's, that's the team, team that only that. went four games, yes, right, against the Giants, um, and lost yeah, to a, to, the, to the Giants that went on to win the World Series. But that was uh, Strasburg, Zimmerman, Fister, mm-hmm. one, two, and three. The lineup was really deep, and the bullpen was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was still Storen and Clippard, but they had it was all set up in front of them. Um, they only scored that series. <laughs> In four games against the Giants, the final score of the entire series was nine to nine. Wow! Wow! They only scored nine runs in four games. Yep. That's crazy. And the I only guys who hit in that series were Harper and, and Rendon. Rendon. Yep. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure Harper and Rendon were responsible for all nine. Yeah. yeah. So maybe one. If that team just plays anywhere capable, and and the, and the rotation was great in the series. Yeah. 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 That wasn't the problem at all. And even the bullpen. It, Yes, they gave up like the decisive runs, but if the lineup just scores a couple more runs, yeah, it makes a difference. So yeah, that's the team that I feel like should have been ultimately better than it ended up doing. That yeah. that was not an accurate reflection of how good that team was. I yeah. think I was going to say 17. 17 was just because it was so close. It was that so was close. Yeah. That was yeah. Strasburg's second half, Scherzer, yeah. the Cy yeah. Young season, and Zimmerman's and comeback season. Yeah, that was the Kinsler, Madsen, yeah. right, right, bullpen. Right. Everything and seemed And everyone good. playing for Dusty. Yeah, yeah. And the, the thing that I'll take away from that one that I'll always feel like the what-if scenario if Max Scherzer doesn't hurt his hamstring in his final start of the year, mm-hmm. yeah, and now he can start game one instead of game three, mm-hmm. and he can make two starts, and now he and Strasburg make yep. four out of the five starts. Mm-hmm. Who knows what There, there were so many what-ifs with that one, yeah. not to go Chan Chantra, but the fact that Harper got in that freak injury and yeah. had to come back from that, and he wasn't quite himself. Yeah, the right. fact that Trey Turner just disappeared in that series. Mm-hmm. Yep. So many what-ifs. Uh, the fact that Matt Weider suddenly couldn't catch. Yeah, yeah. or throw know. to first base. Yeah. And the fact that... There was a blown call, technically, with yes. that Matt Wieters. All right. Uh, three batter minimum, good or bad for the game? 
bad for the game. Um, I get what they're doing. I think the intentions are good, mm-hmm. but I don't like the idea of now completely changing uh, the strategy and the the idea of how you go about. It. Like, yeah. if you want to do it, I would give teams at least one exception per game to do it. Mm-hmm. One batter. Um, you know, what if you bring a guy in and he throws eight straight balls? He just clearly doesn't have it. Right. The game's on the line. Yeah. yeah. He should not be required to stay in the game. And what I think could happen, I remember talking about this in spring training with somebody who said, yeah, this is exactly what will happen. Uh, if that situation occurs, they're going to tell the catcher to go out to the mound, and the pitcher's going to be like, ooh, my arm, my arm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Andrew. And the trainer comes out, and now you, you cite an injury. <laughs> yeah. And so it's going to lead to things like that. So, um, no, I'm all for speeding the game up. Mm-hmm. I do think uh, it's kind of overmanaged, those kinds of things. But um, I don't think that's – the right way to go about it because I think they're not considering all this potential situations that now are going to cost teams games because they're not allowed to take a pitcher yeah. out. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, with the rain delay, pro or con, roofs, retractable rooftops. I'm I'm a traditional. I, it's frustrating. I'm it's with agonizing. You too, yeah. I wish it wasn't the case, but anytime we go to Marlins Park or um, where are the other ones now, Arizona, it just Milwaukee. it's not it's just not the same. Yeah. yeah. It's just not. Uh, it's annoying. Echoes. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's annoying that over the summer that we have to sit through these things, but I think in the larger picture, it's it's better off not having domes, except for the places where it's, you know, in Miami, they have to have one. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. rains every single day. Uh, or the places where it's super cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Seattle, of course, you have to have a roof over that. Right. But in Arizona, you can't play in 115-degree heat, yeah. even though I did as a child. <laughs> um, so, no, I... I understand why, yeah, it would save us a lot of aggravation, a lot of late nights, but um, no, I, I wouldn't put it in your face. Speaking of Arizona, you grew up in Arizona. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Arizonan? 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 Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Uh, staple food? Uh, probably like good, authentic Mexican food, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say. Um, One dish in particular? I've always liked chimichangas. Okay. Um, Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few places there. I'm trying to think what else we're really known for. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. I, I just barbecue. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. really. It's, it's, it's really the Tex-Mex. It's I like, feel like yeah, yeah, like yeah. But like uh, like authentic, like real Mex- good yeah, Mexican yeah. food. So yeah, give me a good chimichanga. Okay. From um, what's the place? from Garcia's. 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 Yeah, okay. Look, look it up. Look it up. Yeah. You're also a Pittsburgh man. Yeah, born there. Okay. Pierogies or polo sausage. Pierogies, um, although. I, it's funny. I, it wasn't even something I'd really heard much of until the Pirates started doing the guy, the little guys in the race. Like yeah. I don't think it was as ingrained in Pittsburgh culture as maybe people think it uh-huh. is. Yeah, <laughs> it just sort of became a thing. I was trying to look up Pittsburgh food scene, and like, I, I know it's like pretty heavily Polish populated. So Polish yeah. sausage definitely, but the yeah. only other thing I could think of was pierogies. Yeah, um, yeah, they don't have a lot of else. Yeah, I mean it, Pittsburgh food is Pramani Brothers, and they also put fries on their sandwiches. Yeah, that's they do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that all the time, yeah, but, yeah. you know, for a yeah. little experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take the fries. All right, sandwich. last question here for the pickle. Um, one I wouldn't put a pickle on sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a pickle guy. No, I'm not a pickle guy. Deep fried pickle, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is one thing that Mark Zuckerberg has besides the money <laughs> right. that you wish you had? Ooh. Is there anything? Besides the money? Mm-hmm. Money including, I, like, fancy cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, you know, I would like to think that even though I'm sure he has more Facebook friends officially mm. than I do, <laughs> that I have more like real friends <laughs> right, than he yeah, does. I'd like friend. to, I'd like yeah. to think that. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. Um, 
he certainly gets plenty of criticism. I don't want that from him <laughs> that he gets. Maybe, maybe the influence, like he does actually have the ability to like really change the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I'm, have that ability. Yeah. <laughs> People think you have the ability scale. to change the weather. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, boy, that's a great question. I don't know that there really is particularly anything. I don't I don't want the hair. I don't want that hair. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, Mark is good. Yeah. Yeah. Mark's good. I, I have Mark. I have the, the degree that he doesn't have. I have a Northwestern degree. He does not have a Harvard degree because right. he dropped out. That's a good point. So that doesn't do yeah. uh, him any good. Um no, I, I, I'm, I'm actually happy with my life compared to All his. Right. Yeah. The other thing you have that he doesn't, a Twitter handle. Yes. At Mark Zuckerman. <laughs> He's Twitter. not on Twitter, folks. He's not on Twitter, so... At Mark Zuckerman for him for all the Nationals news, not Facebook news, um, and for all the weather updates at Mass and Colco. Um, <laughs> Mark, thanks so much for joining My us. Pleasure. Uh, yeah, a couple of minutes, great insight as always. Mark Zuckerman, MassonSports.com, be writer for the Nationals. Uh, Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco at Paul Mancano at Bobby underscore Blanco. Mass and All Access podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Check us out on Mass and All Access Facebook Watch too. Thanks for listening.